blood and uh, it's concerned you, God is going to heal you this morning. So if you're here, do you want to give me a wave? Why, why doesn't everyone close their eyes just for a minute just so we can pray? If that's you, why don't you wave this morning? Praise God. You can put your hand down. Praise God. Let's pray right now. Thank you, Lord God, that Lord, that person that raised their hand right now, Lord, you are going to heal. That in the name of Jesus, we thank you that that inflammation's going to go away, that bleeding's going to go away. And we thank you, Lord God, that you don't just uh, restore, you make new, Lord. And we thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. God is faithful. He's just so faithful. Can we stand just for a minute? If you feel comfortable and you're able to, just want you to raise your hands right now. God is good. His mercies endure forever. He goes with you. He goes before you. He covers you. He's a God that's faithful. He's a God that loves you. Would you just worship Him for a minute with me, church? Would you just tell Him how good He is? Would you just tell Him how much you love Him? Oh, Lord, from the bottom of our heart right here today, we thank You, Lord, that there is none like You. We thank You, Lord God, that You are in this place and that we, because of Your grace and because of Your mercy, get to be in Your presence. Jesus, we love You and we thank You. And Lord, even though life gets hard right now, we put that aside because we know that Your faithfulness is above all things. We know that You love us, Lord. We know that You are for us and not against us, Lord. And I thank You that Your Word declares... That if God is for me, what can be against me, Lord? My finance can't be against me because you are for me. My workplace can't be against me because you are for me. My own decisions can't be against me because you are for me. And in this place, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Why don't you just worship Him? Just in this moment, He is here right now. We worship you, Lord God. There's none like you. We thank you, Lord God. If you speak in a heavenly language, why don't you just begin to express that? Thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's none like you.
choose. And today we choose on the journey of our life right now, we choose to worship you. Right now in this moment, as we're about to come around your word, I pray that our focus would be on you and you alone. I surrender. All I am is yours. In Jesus' name, would you give him a hand this morning? Would you give him a love offering of praise? Worship him, church. Come on, we can we can worship him together. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Right now, across this place, I just feel I just feel to keep going, keep playing, Dan. Maybe Dave and Laura come up just for a minute. If you want to encounter God this morning, if you want a fresh move of the Holy Spirit, a feeling of the Holy Spirit, right now I want you to come down the front. We'll have our ministry team to pray with you and we'll continue singing that song. Right now I want you to come, be bold. If you want more of God, it takes desperation and I want more of God. Right now just pray ministry team as you come and pray for people. Oh, hallelujah. because we're not going to stay long in this moment. Hallelujah, there's more. There's more. Right now, Lord God, we thank you for the people that are here. Right now, we pray in the name of Jesus as they have strived after you. Lord God, right now, we pray in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come upon them anew. Refresh them, anoint them, empower them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that as you come upon us, Lord God, we pray that we would leave no room for anything else because you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. And right now we want more of you. Right now, Lord God, we declare in this place that you are Lord. facing that requires you to have faith. Faith is the key to the breakthrough for your life right now. Why don't we just raise our hands one more time just as the ministry team, if possible, you could begin to wrap up that prayer. Would we again, let's worship God together. 
why don't we begin to pray again? I just let's let's spend the next five seconds as these guys sing, just just praying and thanking God for who He is. Let's go together, dear God. We thank you. And right now, in this short moment, we say to you, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are our God. Thank you, you are the bringer of breakthrough. Thank you, you are the the maker of ways where there are no way. And in the name of Jesus, we thank you for breakthrough. In Jesus' name. feel this morning I did not premeditate this I didn't think about this this happened as God spoke to me when I was here in front of you and I, I feel to say to you this morning as God has brought this thought back to me that there is power in the relationship with Jesus you see if you look in the gospels there were men that came to try to cast out demons and they said Jesus we know Paul we've heard of but we we don't know who you are and they end up beaten up and end up running here's the reason why there is authority that comes over your life through the relationship you have with Jesus and this morning I feel God has told me to release authority in this place to you as you seek a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you need to receive the authority of God this morning, just raise your hands right now, Lord God. I believe this might be the last prayer before I start to bring the word, Lord, that you've given me. But right now, Lord, we thank you that there is authority in being in a relationship with you, Jesus. And this morning, I thank you that you are placing your authority and your strength and your boldness and your covering on the lives across this place. Oh, right now, in the name of Jesus, I see business decisions being made with the authority of Jesus. I see decisions being made in families with the authority of Jesus. You are the King of Kings. Amen. Let's give the Lord one last clap offering. He's good, isn't He? Thank you, guys, for rolling with that. We'll have the lights up for a little minute so I can see everyone who's having a good weekend. Who believes God's in the place this morning? I went to the football yesterday. See, my bombers give me a heart. Okay, yeah, I see that. I keep, you, you, you. Do you know what was awesome about it? Is my brother cracked a wobbly left at three-quarter time and then we won. <laughs> it was the best. It was so good because I saw him. We had a birthday party for my cousin later that night and I said to him, you sell out. And there's nothing better than winning and winning and hanging it on your big brother. Give me an amen to everyone who's got a sibling in this place. It's great. Getting home from the game, not so easy. Finding a car park, not so easy. Who's good with directions? Give me a wave. Give me a wave. What an anointing you have in your life. Oh, I tell you what, I am continually working on my direction. This, this is how it works for me in my world. Is um, I was going to Pastor Greg's house this week on Thursday to hang out. I've been there several times. Still can't figure out how to get there without a GPS. 
And it's so frustrating because you go, I'm going to head in the general gist and by the time you're five minutes late, you're like, just turn the GPS on and swallow your pride. But the thing that absolutely frustrates me is April will go somewhere once and it's like, and then it's in there forever. And she can come from any angle at any point, day or night, and it's not a problem. But with me, I've got to go the same exact way for at least 12 months. I can't change anything before it sinks in. And I've got to be going there on, on a daily basis before I realise, do you know, I lived here 12 months before I realised that you could go down the gorge to get to, South Mar- uh, to, get to Greensboro. I used to go down Plenty Road, up the highway, back around to the roundabout to get to our... You can go right down the gorge. Ian told me. I was like, yeah, I know, Ian. I'm not going to listen because I've got to know my way. I am not great with directions. Give me a wave if you're like me. It's not an anointing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But see, the thing that helps me is signs. I absolutely love signs. If I can see the sign, I feel okay. Because I don't look... Um, at my GPS that much when I'm driving it, I listen for the voice uh, because I, if I look down, I, I get motion sickness. I begin to feel quite yuck. Uh, so I listen. So they'll be saying left and you turn into Albert Street. So I'll be looking for the sign. How frustrating is it when you need a sign and you can't find it? It is absolutely a, a, a killer for me. Oh, I need to know where the signs are. Or, or what's worse is a, a sign that you can't make out or a sign that's covered. Don't even get me started about the tree in front of our Uni Hill sign, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Bless our council. I love them and I do pray for them. They were in this building this week. It was absolutely incredible. We had thousands of people come through this building. It was a jobs fair. This room was filled with 50 different businesses. Literally thousands and thousands of people came through this building on Thursday, which is incredible because they are coming to look for jobs, but they get to find out that this is where Jesus Christ is glorified and they can come back anytime. Amen? But science, they're so important. I think for me, uh, science, they give me clarity and they reinforce where I'm going. So, so what is the purpose of a sign? I started thinking about this this week. And obviously, as you can see behind me, that's going to be the gist of the word that I'll bring today that I felt God has put on my heart. But the point of a sign is that it is to point you to an area or in a direction of what it's been designated to do. Correct? So if a sign was pointing one way and and it said supermarket, you would know, okay, that means the supermarket is in that general gist. Now, I wanted to set this up a little bit because what I want to talk about this morning is that you are going to be a signpost, okay? So let's let's go work with this analogy for a little minute. So say I was a signpost and fish if you could go to the next one, okay? Right? So... If, I, if that was a proper signpost, what am I pointing and directing to? Help me out. What is it? Melbourne. And which way is Melbourne? Oh, yeah, it's opposite. No, no. If, if that sign was working, it's that way. Lots of people committed to the wrong way, but that's probably the real way for Melbourne. But let's go that way. Let's go the next one. Okay, so if the supermarket was in a direction, which way would the supermarket be? Okay, we're good. We're getting there now. Okay, next one. What about toilets? Are Which way? Work with me, work with me. Okay, next one. Ooh. I threw that one in for no reason. Let's go to the next one. Okay. This is where I want to land. I believe 
from the bottom of my heart to the top overflowing that everything in a Christian life should point to Jesus. No matter what we go through, how hard life gets, I believe that everything in the Christian life should point to Jesus. Now, what do I mean by point to Jesus? I mean the way that we win should glorify and point people to Jesus in the, in the conduct. The way we lose with grace, the way we fail accepting grace and mercy, people should see our faith through these circumstances and our lives should point to Jesus. When we have great success, it should point to Jesus. The way that we have relationships with each other, it should point people to Jesus. Every miracle that happened in the New Testament that was in the Gospels and then, and then into the uh, letters and epistles after that, I believe all pointed to Jesus. Our lives should do the same. Do you know, this morning I pray and my goal is to, is to stimulate the thought that maybe that your signpost that represents Jesus might need a bit of a clean up or a revamp because over time sometimes things can fade. Or sometimes things aren't prioritised and they can become let go. And we know that a sign that isn't clear isn't really doing what it's designated to do, which is point a person in the direction to which it's been designated. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it's been appointed on our lives that we are to point the world to Jesus. Give me a wave if you agree. So this morning, I want to talk about that. If we could turn to Acts chapter 9. And I'm going to attempt to read it from a Bible, which many years ago I found no problem to read, and now I struggle. I'm getting old. Praise the Lord. So I'm getting old, I can't read, and I've got no sense of direction. We're doing well. Hey, woo! Let's read together. We're going to read from chapter 9, 32 onward. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydia. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, take care of your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Amen. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated in, is Dorcas into the Greek. So Tabitha or Dorcas, we know that's why she went with Tabitha. And both names mean gazelle. Woo! You know, them, you know them animals that jump around? So I'm tipping she's a bit like my personality, up and about, springy, you know. This is why they put the meaning. I've no idea, but I tried to figure it out. I've got nothing, but it means gazelle. Who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas, or they went back with that name, had made while she was still with them. 
Peter sent them all out of the room. Everybody say, out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and, the present, and presented her to them. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Lord God, I just pray that you will speak this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. If we go to my first point this morning, what I want to talk about is that Peter left no room for doubt. Jesus got all the glory. Do you know, who, who here, let's be, let's be transparent with one another, who here has the tendency to be a bit of a glory hog? Give me a wave. Oh, you're all lies. I saw one hand. My boy, I believe that. I struggled with that. Could you believe that? I played basketball as a young man. And as a young man, I was in under 12s and that was when I was at my peak. Let me explain to you why. No one had hit puberty yet. We were all short, which meant I was the same height as everybody else. When they grew, it was all over for me because I stayed the same. But at that time, I was killing it. I was in a little development league. I was running around, shooting. I was loving it. The problem was is that my teammates were becoming a little bit frustrated with me, but I didn't realise. Because what would happen is at the end of every game, we'd go out afterwards. The parents would take us out for dinner and we would all talk about the game. But the problem was is that one day they decided to confront me and they said, Charles, all you do is talk about yourself. And I said, oh, can you believe that? Please. They said, it's always a highlight reel about yourself. It's always about you. It's never about the team. It always seems to be about you. And they really challenged me about the fact that I was a glory hog. Do you know, even though you guys didn't put up your hands, I think it's often human nature that we often want the credit for what is taking place. Maybe in different forms, in your life, but often I believe that it is a, a challenge of humanity and of our nature. You know, Spurgeon wrote that there's often theology out there and, and what he determined in it is the way to test whether it's proper or not is whether it brings honour and glory to God or whether it brings honour and glory to man and their situation and the work that they did and how hard they worked and through that then came glory. Because we know that if you ever put it down to man... It's taking away from the true fact that we are given everything by gift of mercy through Jesus Christ. But yet often we battle with, uh, I worked hard for that, I worked hard for this, and the fact that God's blessing and guidance and setting it up was actually there. What I love about Peter in this situation is he leaves no doubt about the glory. His opening statement is what? Jesus heals you. Jesus heals you. Now, Aeneas had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. So because it's a specific amount of time, I am led to believe there was an event that happened that caused him to become paralyzed and bedridden. It wasn't from birth. So we know that at some point, this man has had an accident, whether it's falling off a roof, kicked by a horse, whatever it is, he's become bedridden. It's been for eight years. Eight years. 
I love that the number eight in, in the Bible talks about new beginning and, and, and new start. So all of a sudden, he's at the moment where something's about to change. Peter comes walking into the area and he says to him, Aeneas, Jesus heals you. Now, what I love about that statement and why it leaves no room for doubt is because all of a sudden Aeneas is up, he's walking around and people are going to ask the question, how did this happen? How did this happen? You were bedridden for eight years. Now I see you walking around. What went down? Tell me what happened. And you know what he can say is he can say, well, Peter came along and Peter said, Aeneas? Or Aeneas, Jesus heals you. Jesus heals you. You see, he left no room for glory to go any other way. You see, what Peter did in his actions in that moment, in serving Jesus as he pointed to Jesus. It goes on to say that all that saw Aeneas in that area believed The reason being is that they were made very aware of who got the glory for that healing. So as I reflected upon this, I thought about my own life and thought, do I make it incredibly clear in my world who I give the honour and the glory to for the provision and the blessing on my life? Is my sign crystal clear? Do I leave any room for doubt? Because if I do, I want to remove it so that I can point people to Jesus. The question I ask everyone today is, if you reflected on your life, do you leave any room? Because I want all the glory and the honour to go to Jesus. Give me a wave if you agree. Amen. As I began to read through this scripture, all of a sudden, uh, I saw a little theme emerging. You see, in in Acts uh, chapter 9, it's a a great portion of scripture. At the start of Acts chapter 9, we see Paul's conversion, and he encounters Jesus, and then it dives back into Peter's traveling ministry, telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. And and we see two miracles, because the next one we see is, is him going to heal Tabitha, he's on the way there. There's some interesting things that's going on that that built my faith. See, in Jewish culture, if a person uh, has passed away, they want to bury them quickly before sundown. And according to the research that I've done, it was about a four-hour trip one way to go and get Peter from where he was and a four-hour trip back in order that he could pray, not leaving much time for if God didn't do the miracle. But yet there's this incredible faith there. Which spoke to me. But as I read it, I was looking at these miracles. As he, Get up and take your mat. And, and then I'm seeing as he's healing Tabitha. And I began to see a, a little theme. Who here, I know I do, and, and I'm speaking to parents. And, and as children, you may have done this, where you mimic your parents. Has anybody ever seen that happen? I love walking with Jai. He's, I reckon he is just an amazing kid and I'm biased. But I just think he's so cool. And uh, we were walking the other day and he had this, this gangster swag going and we were doing it together. And I was looking at him and I was looking down at my son. I'm like, he's just like me. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I, I thought, this is, this is incredible uh, that, that he is like me. And all of a sudden, I got this feeling of deja vu 
I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm looking at, at what Peter's done and, and I'm thinking, hey, what, what's going on here? I feel like I've seen this before. You see, Peter would have walked into the situation and two times, I wonder if he had deja vu. Because see, the first thing is if you look at what he says to Aeneas, he says, take your, get up and take your mat. You see, in Luke chapter 5, Jesus does the same thing. Jesus walking along, and why don't we read that scripture? If you guys want to turn to Luke chapter 5. Actually, we won't read it. We've got 10 minutes left. We know the story. Jesus says, you know, just to prove that I have power in heaven and on earth to forgive sins, is it easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? So he says to him, get up and take your mat, and he gets up. Jesus has done it. We look at Peter in this situation. He's walking along and he sees a guy that's paralyzed. So what does he say? He says, take your mat. He says, get up and take your mat. All of a sudden, I'm seeing a parallel here. Then I think, okay, Peter arrives at Tabitha's house. And what does he see? I think that there would have been this deja vu because in Mark chapter 5, when Jesus arrives at Jairus' house, there's a few things that were beginning, I think, to jog Peter's memory. One, there's people crying everywhere. It says both in Mark 5 that they're crying. It says in Acts 9 that they're crying. Then it says in Mark 5 that Jesus sent them out. Hey, what did we just read? What did Peter do? He sends them out. Then what does he do? He gets down on his knees and he says to her, Tabitha, get up. If you look in Mark 5, he says to her, Talisha Kahum, which means Alicia, get up. It's the same. One letter's different, but it's the repeated phrase just putting in the name. You see, he was mimicking the work of Jesus. He was doing the same thing. And you know, as I read that, as I saw Peter do the miracles, I didn't think about Peter. I thought about Jesus. You see, he pointed me to Jesus. I go, something about this reminds me of someone. Who does it remind? It reminds me of Jesus because it's what Jesus had done. You see, once again, Peter, through his actions, in the way that he conducted his life, in the words that he spoke, pointed people to Jesus. This week, I had my niece. Uh, her name's Sienna. She's beautiful. Uh, she's had huge tonsils. They're off the charts. They get, they get scaled from like one to five. Uh, and hers were off the charts to the point as soon as the specialist saw her, he said, you've got to come in the next day. We, we've got to take them out or two days later. So Kiara found out about her little cousin was going into hospital. And she had this most incredible empathy that I've ever seen come on a young girl, a child of that age. And, and she said, I want to call Sienna. I, I want to call Sienna. And I said, baby, you can't call her because she's been in hospital. She's sleepy. Her throat is hurting. You can't call her. Oh, I, I want to call her. I want to speak to her. I want to make sure that she's okay. We said, we can't. But what about you make a video that we can send her so when she's feeling better, she can watch the video. So as Kiara began to pray down the video, this sincere heart of empathy began to pour out of her. She began to tear up and she's saying, Jesus, I thank you that, that Sienna won't snore anymore and I thank you and I thank you she won't wake up with headaches and, and, and Jesus, don't let her be scared and Jesus, and all of a sudden this compassion that was in my daughter 
began to overwhelm me as I watched this little video of her. And April is crying and we're overwhelmed. But you know what was happening is through her action, through her words, through her conduct, she was mimicking Jesus. So I saw my little girl with the empathy and the desire to come to the throne and say, God, help my cousin. Her action, her words pointed me to Jesus. As I prepared today, I reflected on my own life. And I would ask that you would reflect on yours. Do, you, do your actions and your words show people Jesus' love? Do they remind people of Jesus? You know, those bands that were around back in the early 90s, What Would Jesus Do? I think was a great concept because I want to be like Jesus. Do you know that song, is it Jungle Book? I want to be like you, walk like you, talk like you. I'm telling you what, every time I hear that song, that's how I feel about I want to be like Jesus. But I want my world to point to him. Might get Dan and one of the keys guys. Actually, I'll get the band to come up. The third thing that I saw was that I saw the intent of Peter's heart through the decisions he made. You see, he stays with Simon the Tanner. I want to come back to that. The other thing that highlighted to me was that in one of the translations, I think it might be New Living, it says that when he presented the girl, it was especially to the widows. You see, the thing is, is that his thoughts and his heart were with the marginalised. They were. But I looked at the way that he looked after the widows and I had respect for that. But I, as I pondered on it, I thought, you know what? A pious thing to do, a religious thing to do in their culture is to look after widows. So you can, can have a fake intent and appear to be doing the right thing by looking after widows. You can. So he looks after the widow and he presents them back and they celebrate as they would have been like a beneficiary of, of the clothing that she made, that she would have been quite a support to them. But then he chooses to go and stay at Simon the Tanner's house. Now let me explain to you, to be a tanner, they're, they're the guys that, that pull the skin uh, off animals to use that skin for products, clothing, bags, bedding, rugs, all those kind of things. But it was a very despised profession. Now, I grew up in Geelong, across the road from an abattoir slaughterhouse where on Thursdays they would, they would do the meat and it, you'd walk out and it would stink. It was such a bad smell. Do you know that if you were a tanner in Jewish customs, they would allow a wife to divorce a husband if they couldn't handle the smell. It was despised, but it went another level. In, in some cities, such as Jerusalem, Rabbis would avoid them and, and would even ban them from Jerusalem. If it was close to water, there were some different rules. Uh, but the thing is, they didn't want to be around them because often being around dead carcasses meant that they were ceremonially unclean because they were always around them. So these guys didn't want to be around them. They smelt. 
marginalised. People didn't want to be near them. But yet, isn't it crazy? Peter comes through showing the love of Jesus with his actions, with his words, with what he did. But then his intent, you can see that it's the same because he chooses to stay with a person who is despised by their community. Jesus is always for those that are weak and marginalised. And to Simon and to the community, he would have pointed people to Jesus through his action, through his choice. They would have seen, you know, I believe that the number one key to people seeing your faith is genuine, is through consistency. And it's through the choices that you make, when it's popular or not. Point people to Jesus. We stand this morning. Point people to Jesus. In Psalm 115, verses 1 and 2, It says, not for us, O Lord, not for us, but to you be the glory. I forget the rest. Let me read it. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and faithfulness. See, I truly believe that as Christians, we come alive when we set our lives about bringing honour and glory to Jesus Christ. I believe you truly feel fulfilled in your life when it is about making His name famous. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to You be the glory because of Your love and faithfulness. This is what we get to point people to. Could we pray this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to release, Lord God, a whole bunch of Peters that, Lord, with our action, with our conduct, with our choices, that we would point people to Jesus so that they would see something different in us, Lord God. It is us letting your light shine so you get the glory. I thank you for it. Lord, right now I just pray that you would empower everybody here this morning. I pray that they would go home today and reflect on their words, their choices, their intent. And Lord God, Let it be as if they are revamping, reshuffling so that with their life in their workplace, with their family, with their personal world, that it will point to you and you alone, leaving no room for doubt that you are Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Now before we sing this song, I just wanted to share with you, uh, Pastor Nick has been away on holidays. He's doing very well. Uh, He comes back to work uh, this Tuesday. He's already started sending emails. Greg laughs. He's a busy man and he knows how to delegate. But he's having a good time and a good rest and he is fired up and ready to go. Uh, I just want to encourage you to keep praying for our pastor. 
Uh, also, uh, next week, um, we've been delaying and just announcing what we did with the uh, seed offering as I want our pastor to be here. Uh, he's carried that place in his heart uh, well before any of us have. And uh, I want him to have the, the honour of announcing that. Uh, but there's many, many great things coming. Um, so get ready to stay the journey. Things are about to change around this place. We had our first homeless person come through last week. It was incredible. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. He came up, we're like, I don't know what to do. So we went and got John and he was amazing. He is the man for the job. Got him a suit jacket because he had a family thing on. Gave him a jobs bag so we can go and find out places where he can potentially get employment. We ministered to that guy. He is aware that this church is about serving community. You know, it was hilarious. He comes in and he goes, I really need money. John goes, I'll give you food and a jacket. That'll do. I'll stay for that. That's good enough. But it's happening. It's beginning to happen. It's beginning to flow. I believe God's going to draw people here that need His love, but they're not just the homeless and the abandoned. There'll be broken people that need counsel. There'll be lonely people that'll need love. And do you know what our job is to do? Is to point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Awesome. Thank you. Let's finish with a song. Let's finish with an up one. Is it too late to change? Oh, good. Awesome. Praise God.